Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. We are jumping into the summer months here at the Freedom Challenge, and I am looking forward, and I hope you are too, as we anticipate both the Tahoe and the Georgia Regional Freedom Challenges. They're coming up quick. Check them out in the show notes. I want to invite you to join us. Love to see you on some of those trails. As you know, hopefully you do because you've been walking with us. The last couple of months have been pretty special. We've had some guests that have explored the Bible study, What the Lord Requires, that was co authored by Lisa De Silva, the founder of Arise Ministries Collective, and myself. Together, we have been honing in on this passage, Micah 6, 6 through 8. It says this, he has told you, O man or O woman, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So today marks the day that we will shift from focusing on do justice in conversation, but Moving on to this next segment, love kindness. I'm looking forward to some engaging conversations unfolding as we hear various stories of kindness. And I'm pretty happy today to have the lovely and I want to say wise Priscillas Dominguez from New York. She's the founder and the executive director of Full Collective, and she's back on the podcast. We've had her once before. And we've also partnered our ministries together over these last few years. And our team will be joining and supporting her in a ministry endeavor in a conference in New York City at the end of June. You're going to hear more about that. So exciting. But we're in for a treat today. And I'm anticipating as she's going to speak into this area of stories of kindness from our text Looking forward to hearing what she has to say and adding to this conversation, actually really kicking it off. So Priscilla's welcome. Can you tell us, our listeners, who you are, those who know you, update us on where you've been and what's happening, and of course, a little bit about your conference that's coming up. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much, Tracy, for having me. I really love the Freedom Challenge and the community that y'all are building, the mission that y'all are living out. I'm just really honored to be here again. Um, I am Priscelli's, as Tracy shared. I live in New York City, in the Bronx specifically, with my husband of almost nine years and one and a half year old son. I am a coach, a writer, an educator, an advocate, uh, several mm-hmm. things. <laughs> but I'm mainly, for the most part, my day-to-day, the founder of Full Collective, as Tracy 
shared. Um, and through Full Collective, we are hosting a conference this summer. And so uh, actually Freedom Challenge and Full Collective, we partnered two years ago uh, for the virtual version of this conference. And, you know, things have changed in the past few years, thankfully. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to have this in person um, here in June this summer. And really the purpose of the conference is for women to grow and glorify God. And I think uh, if we're Christian or just a human, we should always be looking to grow. Um, and sometimes whether we're very, very far in our faith, whether we're very matured in our faith or new, um, we can perhaps think because we have the fire and we know so much scripture and we can quote all the things that there isn't any room to grow. But actually being with Jesus is a lifelong journey of learning and growing. Um, and so much of the scripture tells us uh, that we should not be hearers of the word but doers of it. And so that's the purpose and surrounding of the conference that the seeds that our scripture would be sown into our life in a way that is practical and God glorifying. And I can't wait for it. It's going to be multilingual worship. Uh, we're going to have meditation. Uh, we're gonna, It's going to be in the heart of New York City, right? So I know sometimes conferences like, are oh, we're in New York, but then it's like two hours <laughs> upstate. No, we actually are in going to be, it's right in the middle of New York City, not in a very touristy area. So, you know, it'll be a very kind of like relaxed um, neighborhood. Um, but I'm just really excited for it to bring a conference to my city because yeah conferences don't really christian conferences don't really happen in new york city they're very much all in like texas or north carolina which i love those places but you know jesus is here mm -hmm. too so i'm looking forward um yeah to just create this space for women and i love that. the name sowers summit yes. and and as i'm mm -hmm. thinking about participating because you invited us to be a part of um just supporting you in this endeavor, being a sponsor and showing up and kind of just cross-pollinating one another's visions. And I am showing up with my little sower bag to plant seeds in that city because I love what you're doing. And when I heard about it, I wanted to be a part. And ladies, if you're hearing it and you're like, I want to go to New York City and I want to sow seeds, the registration the website is also going to be in our show notes, so you can find out more mm -hmm. specifically who the speakers are and how that will look. But we will be there with bells mm -hmm. on. We will. We will. Yes. Um, so, okay. Last year, we invited you to work on our first Bible study, the Freedom Challenge and Arise, co-authored together. And, you know, the idea and the heart behind it was one, biblical literacy, which I know you're passionate about. We need to know our Bibles, but also biblical justice. What does that look like in a biblical framework found in scripture? Where do we see God in that? So we wanted to really get women digging into the text, understanding how to find truth in scripture and study for themselves. So we launched that and you studied alongside of us. So I am interested in knowing, you know, your first impressions and what resonated with you as a Jesus follower. Yes. Well, I absolutely loved it. Um, I think, you know, obviously I'm a biblical justice person, but I think really any Christian would love it and should love it. Um, I just want to first say it was gorgeous. It was so beautiful. Um, just like, you know, it wasn't just like a simple, I, I love the intentionality of just like, this is words, but also imagery, the colors, it was all just very beautiful. But something that really stood out to me, because I've done a lot of different Bible studies, um, 
was that it's a scripture really like kind of like you know we could consider the foundational scripture of those micro scriptures is the is the one we're talking mm-hmm. about right now today right we're talking about um act justly love kindness uh, and walk humbly with our god and this is so over quoted right it's on it's on coffee mugs. Um, you know, I think in 2020, uh, when George Floyd was murdered, so many people were quoting that scripture. It is just a very commonly used scripture when in reference to justice, which makes sense. But because of that, I think we miss the rest of it. I think we miss the rest of the message there. I had actually never known before I opened your book, the scriptures right before that says, what does the Lord require? Like literally Mm. never, (laughs) never, ever. And so I was really grateful that the, this Bible study challenged me to look at the entirety of the story of Micah um, and really what Jesus is communicating about biblical justice. But then also it challenged me to think, what other scriptures do I have memorized because I've been, you know, in the church all my life that I actually don't know what are the surrounding scriptures around it, that I don't know what actually is the mess, the whole message around it. So it really, um, it really challenged me. And I, and I love to be challenged. I know not everybody loves that, but um, I think as Christians, we should, we should um, enter into things that uh, make us step out of our comfort zone and challenge us. And I think this Bible study did just that because growth, sanctification, all those things, even deliverance, I really don't think happens outside of um, experiencing challenges. So I was grateful that it challenged me to um, see where I'm kind of complacent with my understanding of scripture and what I could learn uh, through it. And it just was really powerful the way it flowed. Like you said, biblical literacy, you know, um, I think it's so important. And the way y'all implemented that um, was very practical, very um I don't want to say the word easy, but like easy to um, kind of like digestible versus like, you know, feeling all intensely theological. <laughs> so it was very welcoming. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. I really loved it. I think also as I walked through it, knowing that two women wrote this also really blessed me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just I, I really hope people continue to get it and be blessed by it. Um, and I think churches should be doing it right in groups um, and men too, yeah. men too. Right. I know it's visually a beautiful, attractive probably to like women, but it's definitely for uh, men and families as well. So I just really love it. Lo- that just does my heart well. Right. Like things that are your sweet spot, <laughs> justice, scripture, mm-hmm. collaboration. Thank you for digging in with us. I mean, I really mm-hmm. respect you and. Yeah care deeply about the way you're walking out the kingdom in your life and in the things that you're touching. And that means so much. And just to let you know, we have several men weighing in on this Bible study. So thank you for tipping your hat to that because um, we need the whole picture of God's creation and image um, walking this message out, right? So that's good. So here's my question. Why do you think this message in Micah 6, and really specifically we're looking at the love kindness portion, is an important message to the church today? You know, maybe you could uh, describe a little bit more of, you know, what, what would that look like as a family, a person, a community? What does that look like um, living this out on the daily, this love kindness? Yeah, I I love that you asked this question. I think um, I'm, I'm trying to remember when I wrote out or when I saw these questions, but uh, I think probably a month before in December. Um, so my birthday is in December, and like the week of my birthday, I was on vacation, and just the kindness of God, like re- re- realizing. <laughs> 
and recognizing what it actually means, like the kindness of God kind of blew my mind. You know, it just, it, it brought me to a deep place and I actually started to cry. It was a very random moment, um, but I started to cry because I was like, he doesn't have to be kind. Um, and not only does he have to be not be kind, he doesn't have to love to be kind. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is what I think of when I think of this idea um, after, you know, the, con- the consideration of to act justly or live justly or to do justice is to love kindness. Um, and other versions say mm-hmm. love mercy or steadfast love. And I was looking a little bit into it and it's really connected to the word has said. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yes. it right. Um, in Hebrew, which is referring to loving um, God's loving kindness. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so the word has said can be, you know, it could be love. It can be kindness and all those things. But I love that this one word means all these different things, because really to be kind to someone is to love them. Right. Like if we really think about someone we don't love or we don't like, we're likely not being kind mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> like, it's just, if we're really honest with ourselves. Um, and so what I think it does when it comes to justice and to live out as a Christian in the world, it means that we are living out in a sanctified approach to mm-hmm. life, right? Because um, maybe this is not the same for everyone, but I, I live in New York City and not a lot of people are kind. <laughs> um, you know, people can be very uh, aggressive or people, they want to say the word passionate. Um, they could be a lot of things, right? But people, are, for the most part, are not necessarily so kind. And I think it's because there's a lack of love in their heart. Because kindness comes from love. And so it's not just about being nice. I think as Christians, we need to be very careful to not just be like, well, I'm a nice person. Mm-hmm. People that don't believe in Jesus could also be nice. What makes us sanctified is to be kind but also to love being kind, to find delight and enjoy being kind. And so as we consider what that looks like within the church, how to do this in our everyday life as Christians, I think it's several things. I think it's choosing forgiveness mm. when it's difficult and it doesn't make sense. I think it's choosing dignity um, and dignifying people, um, even even the people that we pe- perhaps don't feel that deserve it. You know, I, for example, I've been wounded by the church several times and I still uh, want to treat anyone who has ever thought to hurt me or someone else with mm-hmm. dignity because they are still an image bearer, whether, you know, they're broken or not, or, you know, have things to repent of, they are deserving of dignity, right? And so I think loving kindness is so much about our heart Mm -hmm. towards what it looks like to, um, I don't know if people will like the word behave, but behave or uh, connect with people. Uh, Because again, it's not about being nice. It is truly about being kind because when people experience supernatural kindness, they see Jesus. Mm. That's, that's what I, I, I would hope our aim is as Christians in the world to show Jesus. Um, and so when we show up merciful, when we show up kind, when we show up loving, that's not how probably most mm-hmm. of the world is. And so it's a choice to be more like Christ. Um, and in a and I, and I think it's also a choice to be sanctified by Christ because so much pain and trauma and abuse for some of us could really um, make us not kind and not loving 
And so it is God who needs to heal us in order for us to be loving and merciful and kind. It's not necessarily automatic. So if you're not automatically these things, don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe it's just something that God needs to heal in you. But um, it really is, I think, a cure (laughs) for sin. I think it's a cure for injustice. I think it's a cure for a lot of the things that happen in this world, a step forward from niceness, but really kindness and and delighting in being a kind mm. person. So a couple things I just heard you say, and I just want to bring note to one of them is just how counterculture this language is, you know, this love, kindness, um, mercy, like the, these are really counterculture words. And, and I am laughing as you're talking about New York City, which I love that city. But What's fascinating about love kindness is that it could be seen as weak when, in fact, um, kindness is such a powerful word because it comes from this deep constitution, like you were talking about, of God healing and touching us in order that we can extend that kindness and mercy. It's really, there is nothing more powerful. I mean, Jesus was kinder than all the rest and he was filled with meekness and mercy. And it was that power was flowing from him. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me to think about how we can get that a little muddled up, you know, the strength of that actual statement. And just thinking about this word love, kindness, it's a powerful word choice. You know, it's not saying think about kindness or think kind thoughts or, you know, um, the scripture actually says do justice, love kindness and walk humbly. So this idea of like loving kindness, um, I don't know, do you, you know, how is that? played out in your life? You know, the difference between thinking kind thoughts and actually stepping into like love kindness. Yeah, I think, uh, well, so going back to the, what I mentioned about being in my birthday week on vacation, just thinking about God's kindness. When I was thinking about that and how he loves it is because I was thinking back on my life. Um, for some people, you know, they don't really want to reflect back on their birthday. On my birthday, I reflect too much. <laughs> and uh, I really didn't just think about the last year. I actually just thought about my life. I thought about every good moment, every painful moment that I could actually recall and remember. And I could literally trace the kindness mm. of God in every circumstance. And I know we'll say like, well, God is God. So obviously he will love kindness and he will be kindness and it's automatic for him. But because if we could choose to trace the kindness of God, it would actually probably even be more uh, easier to come out Mm -hmm. of us because we can see what we receive is also what we can give. If we cannot recall a moment or time or just our whole life when God has been kind to us and that he has loved kindness, then we cannot one, be kind, and we can't even possibly imagine loving Mm. kindness. So I think it's also, there's a position of openness and receiving of like, well, you receive God's kindness, but will you receive the fact that he wants, he loves being kind to, kind to you, despite you Mm -hmm. sinning, Mm -hmm. despite you falling short, despite, he doesn't just want to be kind, he loves doing it. And so how can we then do the same? How can we not just be kind, but love to be kind 
to any and on people. So I think it has to come from God. If, if we try to make mm-hmm. it a thing that we want to do, um, just because we think it would make us a good Christian or a good person or helpful for society, like those are nice, but a found, the foundation has to be, well, because God is kind and he has loved to be kind to you, then you will only love to be kind to others because of that. Um, and so it really is a reflective thing that will then lead to um, to an action. Um, and and I think also to consider, well, why wouldn't we love to be kind? Like if we are you know struggling with it, like why wouldn't we love to be kind? I know for me, I don't love to be kind when someone perhaps is uh, slowing me down. I wouldn't like to be kind when someone is uh, perhaps attacking my point of view, right? There, there's several, and that's specific to me, and maybe you could, people could relate to that or not, but we need to know what makes mm. us not want to be uh, loving um, or kind in that, and then we need to go back to God. And Lord, in this, help. so for me, I know it's that I need to slow down because I don't like to be kind to those who are um, slowing down. That means I need to slow down and not to be too fast. Um, for me, like I said, the example of not wanting to uh, kind of disagree means that I God needs to heal the part of me that um, that I would be misunderstood, right? And so there's part, it really is about us at the end of the day. It's not about the person that we don't want to be kind to and, and the fact that we don't want to love kindness. So I think the part of loving is actually p- harder than being kind. Because we can all pretend to yeah. be kind, <laughs> you know, if we, but we actually, to love to be kind, no one can pretend that. Like, you actually have to enter into the surrender, like, despite who it is, despite um, what they've done, who they look, lo- what they look like, all this stuff, basically how Jesus sees us. Um, I want to love being kind to this person. Yeah, you can't fake, it has to be an, an embodied experience. Like, it's it's in you. It's not just a fake it till you make it type thing. There's something that has transpired in you. You know, as you were talking, I'm just, the scripture that's coming up is that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Right, like this experience of in our ugly places, God healing, touching, drawing us through his kindness to repent. And then that repentance, that change of position, as you were alluding to, God loving us even in those sinful, broken places, then is activating this loving kindness. They're really it's an inside job. Yeah. Uh so hey, I always think how can these conversations go so quick but we are we are coming to a conclusion and the 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 thing i would love to hear from you and wrap up our conversation today about is um just hearing from you a personal time a time where you have been impacted by a brother or a sister or maybe even a stranger in christ in the action of loving kindness and maybe how that shifted your perspective or revealed um, you know, a greater and grander picture of the kingdom of God. Would you just talk with us a little bit about that? Maybe it could yeah. be in your work or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever that looks like. Just give us an example. Yeah. And this may be a story that I share that might throw some people off because for those who do know me and, and, see, and see what I share about, I often talk about church hurt and abuse. Um, but the reality is that I too have hurt people in the church. And in the first mm-hmm. church I worked at a few years ago, um, I was personally being like spiritually abused. And often when people are being spiritually abused, they are in, uh, and they're in leadership, some of that may project onto other people and show up in the way we, uh, 
interact with other people. So, so much of what I was experiencing in many ways, I was also projecting onto other people. Um, I don't think I would say I spiritually abused someone, but definitely was not kind at some points. Um, and then perhaps, uh, yeah, unkind and, and aggressive. And so, uh, when I was at the next church after that, um, someone from that previous church, uh, had came to visit this new church and I was actually working in this new church. And they came up to me and, you know, we saw each other. I actually didn't really recall um, hurting them or saying anything specific, um, which sometimes I think for some people who experience hurt when the other person doesn't even recall or recognize or remember, that's even more painful. Uh, Mm. But this woman came up to me. Uh, We were in the lobby. I think it was before or after service. And we were just talking and she said, hey, you know, I forgive you. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, for what? <laughs> um, for a second, like in my mind, I was like, for what? And then for like, it was the Holy Spirit immediately brought to me like, hey, remember this moment. And mm. I was just, I kind of just like paused and got a little like paralyzed for a moment because I was like, this woman was hurt. I have never apologized. I've never tried to reach out to her. She saw me. We had like a regular conversation. She didn't come to me all like petty or aggressive or rude um, and didn't even make that the beginning of the conversation and close the conversation with just saying that she forgave me. And mm-hmm. not only did I do a healing in me, but that showed that was a me witnessing loving kindness that she chose to do something um, that was what God calls us to do, right? To forgive people, but not in a way that is uh, petty, not in a way that's, you know, immature, not in a way that even may, would make me feel bad. She chose, um, I feel in that moment, loving kindness because she chose to love me and see me beyond the hurt that I caused her. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot. <laughs> As someone who's been hurt by the church, that takes a lot. And, you know, what makes that more powerful too is that we became really good friends after that. So I think yeah. we for, we can forget, and, you know, not every forgiveness circumstance leads to reconciliation and friendship, but um, I think we can forget the power of loving kindness. And it goes back to the thing I was saying about dignity, because she saw the image bearer in me. She saw, mm. she saw Priscelli's not the, not Priscelli's the abuser, not Priscelli's the one who hurt me, not Priscelli's all this stuff. She said, Priscelli's the daughter of Christ um, and she's my sister in Christ. And I want to, um, you know, just bless her by forgiving her. Like she literally blessed me by forgiving me. Um, and so I think, you know, again, we think about loving kindness, just like being nice to people and, um, extending, you know, perhaps generosity and all those things are good, but forgiveness is also a part of that. And, and walking Mm -hmm. in dignity and dignifying others is also a part of that and doing it lovingly. Cause again, she could have done it in perhaps an aggressive way, a confrontational way. And that would probably would not be loving kindness. But she chose it in a way that said, I see you beyond what you did to me. But I also want to love you enough to not want you to have, do this again and forgive you and release you from this prison. Um, and so it was really it was really powerful. And, and I'm really grateful. We're still friends. Um, you know, we mention every once in a while, I always do thank her. I'm like, you know, your your faith and your maturity um, really inspires me and challenges me and ignites me. How beautiful and redemptive is that? Yeah. And it, sound, it sounds, it looks, and it feels like 
Jesus, who we all like love. And, you know, why do we love him? Because of those moments where his kindness leads us to repentance. This is exactly this sister Mm -hmm. seeing in you more than more than what maybe you saw and then bringing a place of reconciliation and restoration that's really really beautiful thank you for sharing that with us you know it's easy like you said to go on the side of where you've been hurt mm-hmm. but to actually see where someone where your actions cause pain in someone but there was a beautiful reconciliation um i really appreciate that yeah You are a gem. I thank you for this little treasured time together. Thank you for digging in into our Bible study. And I'm looking forward to seeing you very soon, participating in what God is doing there in New York City. Um, Everyone, as I said earlier, you can find out how to register for this conference in the show notes. And I appreciate you being with me this morning. Me too. Thank you. Yes. And all of you Freedom Sisters, until next time, let's do good by helping enslaved women and children. Do more than you ever thought physically possible and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.